Welcome to the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast. If you're thinking of starting a small business, you're already running one, or you're responsible for marketing a small business, you've come to the right place. Join us weekly as Crash Course Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zoes helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion because the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast is starting now. Hey, everyone. I'm Gayla Zoes, host of the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast. Welcome to episode 20. This week is an industry focus week, which means you'll be hearing from someone who's out there promoting a business. In this episode, I talked to Megan Wage. She's the owner of Balance and Breathe, a yoga studio here in Gallatin, Tennessee. Megan also owns Nashville SUP and Yoga, which offers stand-up paddleboard classes and rentals here on Old Hickory Lake. Now, I've known Megan for several years. Uh, I've taken yoga classes from her. She's a wonderful teacher. And I've also gone paddleboarding and done yoga on a paddleboard in the middle of Old Hickory Lake. It's a lot of fun. She's a great businesswoman, a wonderful teacher, and she has a knack for building community. Megan also has a knack for navigating her businesses through challenging times, and that's what we talk about in this episode. I called this episode The Power of the Pivot because the challenges of COVID required Megan to pivot and pivot hard, but not necessarily in the way she expected. I think you'll enjoy hearing Megan's perspective on the power of the pivot. Let's listen in. Hey, Megan, I'm so glad you could join me. Hi, how are you, Gayla? Doing great. Hey, let's start off with a little information about you. People here in Middle Tennessee know you for two things. They know you as a person who teaches yoga on dry land and a person who teaches yoga on a stand-up paddleboard. For the listeners who are outside of Middle Tennessee and everybody else, tell us about your background and how did you get into practicing these forms of yoga? I am a uh, native Floridian. Uh, I grew up really close to um, the beach and lakes and um, spent most of my life on the water. Um, I ended up here in landlocked Tennessee and just knew I had to do something on the water. So that's where my my paddleboard yoga company um, came from. And yoga just kind of found me at a time when I was transitioning a career and left a job, which was scary, but I had support from my partner. And I found a yoga studio and it kind of became my job before I even started doing it for a job. Well, that that's interesting. I, I, I didn't know you pre-yoga. So what did you do before you practiced, before you started um, jobbing yoga? <laughs> Uh, my degree is in marketing and public relations. Um, I worked for several years as an orthodontic assistant and treatment coordinator. And then when I left that, I was the online marketing coordinator for a hotel chain. Um, we had uh, almost 90 properties in the United States. So I ran all of the online marketing coordinating for that. That's really interesting. Okay. So what prompted you to start your yoga-related businesses? 
What was your vision for each business and how did you bring that to life? I practiced yoga for about a year when I decided um, I needed to know more. So I went through my teacher training um, and got certified to teach. And around the same time I got certified to teach was when I also opened my paddleboard yoga business. Um, And for a while, they were pretty separate. I taught in studios for other businesses, and then I had my own um, paddleboard business on the side. And um, eventually, the paddleboard business grew. Um, My love for yoga grew, and then I knew I wanted to kind of merge them together to where I could completely work for myself. And that's when I decided to open the yoga studio, which is only about five minutes away from the paddleboard shop. So they really kind of meshed and grew together with making yoga people love paddleboarding and making paddleboard people love yoga. I think that's a really interesting combination. And I, you know, having taken classes from you and having been out on a paddleboard with you, I didn't even realize that yoga on paddleboard was even a thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it started um, becoming pretty popular, I'd say maybe like 10 years ago. I know people were doing it before that, but that's probably when it started really becoming popular. Um, the place I got trained at was in Key West. Um, it's a hard job, but you know, somebody's oh, got to do it. Wow. Uh, they were one of the first people to really introduce it probably about 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and it's, it's a really fascinating thing. I mean, I'm sure you felt it when you were out there on the board, just the connection to nature, but also the connection to yourself because it, it forces you to be so focused on what's happening in your body and breathing steady to keep your balance. Um, so for me, yoga on the boards was really way more meditative than yoga on land. Um, and I know that's not the experience everyone has. I get people that come out all the time. They're just terrified of the lake. (laughs) So their experience is going to be very different. Um, but for me, it is like the most yogic thing you can do. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I know that, that the experience of doing something like a headstand on dry land, if you fall out of that headstand, you know, no problem. You land on a floor. But if you fall out of that headstand on a paddleboard, that's a different story. <laughs> and, and that happened to me, and I went in the water, and, and fortunately it was a hot day and it was fun. But that's, it is, it, it requires a, a, a degree of focus that, that you wouldn't really expect but is entirely consistent with what yoga is all about, I think. I agree. And I I think falling on the boards is almost more comforting than falling on land, um, for me anyway, just because I think one of the scariest things for most people doing the scary, the scary postures, um, is the falling. And when you fall on the boards, you just splash into the water. (laughs) It just makes it a little more playful and the ground giving way underneath you, I feel like makes falling not as scary, um, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely a it's a different experience that um, I'm I'm excited that I've been able to offer um, since 2014 was when I first opened the paddleboard yoga business. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really a cool a cool thing. So let's let's talk a little bit about COVID. How did COVID impact both of these businesses? And talk about what actions you took in each business to adapt to this changing environment. 
Um, gosh, just hearing the word COVID like makes my stomach sink. Um, (laughs) it's, it's like a dirty word now. Um, so it was very interesting and it's not anything, um, you know, and me and my husband kind of talked about this when it happened that owning two separate businesses until, you know, a disaster like this happens, you don't realize how they are going to work, um, with each other or against each other. Um, and when COVID hit my yoga studio, um, tanked, which so many sadly did in Nashville, we lost probably almost 10 studios within the first couple months in Nashville. Um, but on the flip side, the paddleboard shop thrived. So while one of my businesses was just going under pretty much. The other business was getting so busy. I, I didn't even know how to, how to handle it. Um, so that was interesting to see how I had myself set up in a situation where they kind of were polar opposite things, even though they were working together, they're kind of yin and yang. That's really interesting. You know, the, the concept of putting all of your eggs in one basket I mean, you, that, that was just a really fortunate thing. You were diversified and you didn't even realize it until COVID. Yeah. I had no idea that the, how diversified the two businesses were. And it was interesting to see, um, that the pad, I, when I first started my paddleboard, um, business, it was mainly strictly just yoga on the boards. And I have since grown and expanded to where I'm lucky enough to have a physical shop on the water, which is actually pretty rare. There's not many, um, paddleboard places in the United States that have physical like locations on the water. Um, but what I saw with COVID was, um, the yoga stayed consistent, but, um, finally my, the rental side of just paddling of my business like took off. I, my numbers tripled from 2019 to 2020. That's incredible. So for, for each business, COVID impacted it differently. For the studio, the yoga studio, things kind of went downhill. How, what, what action did you take in response to those changes for the yoga studio? What happened there? So with the studio, um, being indoors, um, with social distancing, um, and especially just being extra cautious, um, I mean, as you know, yoga, the heart of yoga is ahimsa, non-harming. And for me, I felt cramming people into an indoor room was harming. Um, So I was very, very cautious. We transitioned completely to online classes immediately and just shut the studio down. Um, I was actually in Hawaii as all of this was happening. So (laughs) I'm sitting in Hawaii watching all of this unfold and like the day we got home was when like the mandatory lockdown happened. But I locked us down probably a week or two before that. When I saw everything coming, I told my teachers to, to cancel everything and shut the studio down. Um, I felt fortunate enough with my background that switching to online platform was pretty smooth for me. We picked it up really easily. Um, but I will say I hated it. Um, we didn't maintain the, the online and Zoom classes very long, um, just because to me, teaching to a computer screen is, I, I lose the yoga in that. 
Um, and I think a lot of our students kind of felt the same. It was not popular. Um, so that was a struggle in that the only way to really deliver yoga for the studio was online, but our teachers didn't enjoy teaching it and the students didn't really, um, love it either. So that was kind of a a struggle that we had to work through for a while to figure out how to make this work to keep our doors open. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do the businesses look like today? So with the yoga studio, we tried to stay above water, pun intended, for uh, about a year and a half, I'd say we we survived. Um, another interesting thing was I opened the yoga studio, um, you know, less than six months before COVID hit. So the yoga studio was still so fresh and new um, that I think if we had been open for several years before COVID, we might have been able to maintain. Um, but just being so new still, it um, we literally in February before COVID hit, was the first month we broke even um, to be able to actually pay our bills. And then it was just like the rug getting pulled out from underneath us. Um, I, I treaded water for a while and then made the decision in October of last year of 21 to let go of my lease that was coming up and downsize to where I am in a space where I can just rent per class. And um, it's just me teaching, and a lot of the students actually followed me over. And essentially, I think this is kind of what I would have wanted to do all along, but I kind of had to do it backwards to build the community with the larger studio and and overhead to get to where I am today. Um, So it's interesting thinking about because COVID kind of forced me into this downsized, smaller um, style of teaching, but I think this is essentially kind of what I wanted all along anyway. So it's just Mm. kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back over your experience from the last couple of years, what was the one thing that surprised you the most out of all of this? The one thing that surprised me the most was um, how much I didn't like owning a yoga studio. That surprised me (laughs) um, because I, I do love owning my paddleboard shop so much. And I, I have um, had the experience of owning a business for a long time and and having employees and, and dealing with everything that comes along with it. Um, but with the paddleboard yoga shop, I guess it was a little different. Um, and when all of a sudden owning a yoga studio turned into um, dealing with so much money and, and profit and um, a lot of different aspects that started to make me lose my love for, for yoga, which, um, as a yoga teacher, if you don't love yoga anymore, it kind of makes it hard to, to deliver that to your students. So that was something that was really surprising and interesting to me, um, that I didn't end up loving something that I thought I would and had to make the hard decision to, to step back and make it smaller and, and be okay with that idea of this doesn't have to be a massive money-making empire, which I think a lot of people go into owning businesses thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any tips for our listeners who might be facing their own set of changing business conditions? 
I mean, I guess my main tip would be that if, if you're in a situation where you you stop loving what you're doing because you're trying to push to make it work, um, to reevaluate and see if there is a way that you can continue to offer what you're trying to offer to people, but love it again. And if that means taking a huge step back and, and even maybe getting this sense of a failure. I know I, I had this small sense of failure, um, for a second, um, stepping back, feeling like I had to close it and give up, but it, it took me a while to get through the fact that that's not what was happening. It was just a pivot to something that was going to make me love what I did again. So that would be my main, my main, um, tip would just be like, figure out how to continue loving what you're doing. And if that means going smaller, sometimes that might be what you have to do. Mm, that, that sounds like a great key takeaway. So Megan, if somebody wants more information or they want to work with you, or they want to do yoga on land or on a paddleboard with you, how can they find you? So, um, if you Google yoga and Gallatin, um, you'll find me easily, but my businesses are Nashville SUP, which means stand up paddleboard. A lot of people don't know that Nashville SUP and yoga. And then the yoga studio is balance and breathe yoga. And you can, um, just type both those into, to Google and I'll, I'll pop right up. Well, that sounds great. Megan, thank you so much for joining me to talk about the power of the pivot today. Thank you for having me, Gayla. Do you hate your logo? If the answer is yes, enter Crash Course Marketing Academy's Logo Rehab Drawing for your chance to win a free brand analysis, a basic brand style guide, and a fresh new logo. This $2,000 value can be yours absolutely free. If you're the winner, the rehabilitation of your visual brand will be the topic of a special video episode of the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast. To enter, visit CrashCourseMarketingAcademy.com slash Logo Rehab. Logo Rehab. It's time for an intervention. Thank you for listening to the Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you would like Gala to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at info at crashcoursemarketingacademy.com. The Crash Course Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. Until then. <laughs>